Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of 1000 Voices, where we are on a mission to interview 1000 inspirational Black Britons. And in voice number 29 of the podcast, we have the very inspirational Ire, the co-founder of the two Michelin star restaurant, Ikoi. Now, Ire is still fairly young and he's running the hugely successful Ikoi restaurant. But what most people don't know is that this was not an overnight success. No, far from it. There was all sorts of blood, sweat and tears that has gone into making the restaurant as successful as it is. The story and the lessons that Ira has learned throughout his journey are hugely transferable to whichever industry you operate in. So, let's get into this interview. And without further ado, this is 1000 Voices and here we have Ira, co-founder of Hello, hello. Good afternoon, Ire. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. And thank you for coming to the podcast. Very, very much appreciated. Love what you and the team are doing with Ikoi. And I was very, very excited to get you on. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, all good, man. To start off with, I always like to take it back, you know, and work through things chronologically. Because I'd start off with, can we... Um, start talking about your childhood and essentially just paint a picture as to what your childhood was like and your upbringing. Okay, so I was born. I was born in uh, in Lagos, in in Nigeria, and uh, I moved to the UK when I was about fourteen. Um, I went to boarding school in Nigeria first, and then uh, and then I went to boarding school in the UK uh, in South Derbyshire. Uh, until I was until my uh, after, until after my A levels, and then I went to uni in uh, London, and I've lived in London ever since then. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And then, did you go through any key experiences when you were growing up that you feel were key in you becoming the person who you are today? Uh, I guess. I guess. I guess being in boarding school in in in, in both places makes you, I guess, independent and uh, it probably builds some, some confidence in you as well. Um, I, could, I could obviously see the difference between being boarding school in Africa and being boarding school in the UK. And uh, I use some of those differences to my advantage, I, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think that, that, was, that was key. Also, I, I grew up, uh, I, well, I, I have a medium-sized family, I guess, I had, I had three other siblings, um, and uh, we have hard-working, loving parents, so I guess that, that, that was key as well. Cool, nice. And did you always know you wanted to go into entrepreneurship when you were younger as well? Nope. Actually, I, 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 that was not a plan at all. <laughs> the, plan was to, the plan was to work, with, was probably going to work with my family business. My family has a, an insurance business in Nigeria. Uh, which uh, which was started by my grandfather, which my my, my dad worked for, and as as I'm the only boy, I, I was expected to do the same. So so, in, being an entrepreneur in London was was not the plan. That's quite interesting because I was looking at your LinkedIn and I see that after you finished your university, you went to work in insurance in London for a bit. Yeah, I did exactly exactly. Yeah, I worked in insurance in London for six years. Yeah. So was the idea to work in the insurance industry in London and then move over to Nigeria and work in the family business? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Then, okay, so what happened then? After you worked in insurance for six years, what changed and led you to 
just found a business go you know call you well i i didn't i'm not gonna say that i hated it insurance in london was great it was fun um it was a it's a very uh, social industry it's also it's it's a it's a part of finance that nobody really knows much about so i guess we're just left to our own devices it's just done in a very old school way so i i, I mean I, I had a good time um but uh, I, I took time out to do a master's because I'd done my insurance exams and I could do this master's in six months if I did it full time. So I thought, why not? So I did it and I was trying, I did it and I was meant to go back to work after. But I, during the master's, I had a bit more, a bit, a bit, more, a bit too much free time uh, because I had what, six, seven, eight hours a week of, of lectures. And, uh, and I used the time to, to rethink my whole, my whole, my whole life pretty much and uh, decided that I wasn't actually going to go back to, to work in insurance. I, I, I also didn't actually finish the, the, the masters. <laughs> <laughs> what was the reaction from the family? Um, in fact, I, 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 what was worse, I didn't even tell them I didn't finish. <laughs> they, 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 they found out because my sister, my sister's boyfriend was, uh, was, 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 was doing a master in the same university at the same time as me. And he was graduating and my sister was going for his graduation. And I was, she was wondering why I wasn't there because I should have been graduating with him. So, <laughs> so that's how they found out. Um, um, yeah, but I mean, long story short, they, they, they eventually got over it. Um, I decided that, I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed insurance, but it wasn't really a passion. And I wanted to, to, to go to, to do something with hospitality, which was a passion. Uh, it didn't help that I was living with with, with Jeremy at the time, who's, who's my, my friend and business partner, who I, who I only call you with. And, and he was, he left his job in finance as well, um, while we were on holiday actually in New York. And, uh, he just, he sent an email to his job saying that he wasn't coming back, which was a bit, uh, which was probably more of an intense, intense leave than mine. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, he, he, he decided that he was going to become a chef. Uh, so I guess living with him, I, I, I caught the bug as well. Uh, and, and I did something similar, even though my, my, my leave was, wasn't as, as extreme as his. I, I actually told everyone I was, I was going and I wasn't coming back and it was more, more, more progressive. But Jeremy's was just full on. One day he said he's not going back. Mm-hmm. And you said his hospitality was a passion of yours. So have you always been into, you know, growing up into, you know, food and cooking and you know, that side of things? Well, it's 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 not 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 really the cooking on the food side. More of the like if it left to me, I would have if I had the capital, I'd have opened a hotel before I opened a restaurant. Um, but but I think you have to start somewhere. Uh, uh, more, I, I remember when I was younger, I I used to, I always used to plan uh, help people plan their holidays or plan trips or plan dinners out. I, I, I used to spend a lot of time researching restaurants in London and people always used to call me as to wh- where to go for dinner, or where should, what's, where's, where's the need to go. And I, I used to know all these things. And now I can't, I can't even think of how I used to know because now if you ask me anything about London food scene, I have no idea. But, <laughs> but, but then I was, I was, I was, I was very, I, people used to call me to even plan their summer holidays, where to take their kids on, on holidays, uh, so where to rent how to rent accommodation and so I, I, I used to help people do all those things I guess um, linking people with with hospitality venues was, was, was what I used to do and I, I remember asking my dad once if, if I could 
if he thinks I should do it as a, just as a part time, and he was like, no, stick to your insurance. Stick, yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess something in me, in me, always wants to pursue that. I, I guess it's a desire to take care of people and, and to, to, yeah, to help people in, in that way. I guess, I guess that's that, that's where it came, comes from. Nice, nice. And with Equi, so it looks like is your first sort of major business that you've run. And it's interesting because it's like the first major one and then you've gone all out, like you've gone for Space Piccadilly Circus, you know, um, it's been very successful very quickly as well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I guess there's, there's more behind the scenes. There's this quote that uh, my auntie always says, where they see the glory, but they don't see the story. So exactly, yeah, exactly. They, they see they see the restaurant. They don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that's gone into it in the background. But mm-hmm. just on the yeah. starting up phase, yeah, can you talk about the what it was like? How how you went about starting it, and any challenges that you've had when you were just initially starting up the business? Well, it, it took it took us it took us probably two and a half years to secure a space, the space we had. Um, and we were looking all that time and and imagine spending two years working on a project and everybody's asking you, oh, what did you do? Oh, uh, we, we're opening a restaurant and they ask you, where's the restaurant? Oh, we don't know. We're, we're still looking for a space. So they think people begin to think you're a clown. And, and uh, during that time, we, 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 were, we were actually, we started cooking for, for people, cooking for doing small events. And it was literally just both of us. So, so we'll go, we'll, we'll hire a, a van or we'll use my mom's car. We'll load it. Jeremy will spend the whole night cooking. And then we'll, we'll go drive to the venue. He'll cook, I'll serve, I'll do, we'll do the dishes, we'll pack up again and, and take everything back. And, and it, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work. So we, we, we used to spend our time doing that, cooking for as many different people as we could. Uh, we were lucky to, to have an event at the... Uh, at uh, Somerset House, which was the one one fifty four out out uh, out fair, which was the first thing we ever did, and we did it. It was, I mean, we probably probably shouldn't have done it because it was probably too ambitious, but but we said we'll do it anyway, and and uh, it taught us many lessons, and that opened our uh, the door to other events, and because through through that we were meant to, we met loads of people that came through the door, and especially the art galleries. So we we did some events for them, anyway. It took us two and a half years because every time we go to a meeting with the, with the landlords in central London, they'll be like, so who wants to rent the space? And we'll be like, oh, Jeremy is half Chinese, half Canadian, and I'm, I'm black. And, and and they thought we were about we were about 12 years old. And they're wondering why these little young boys are coming here. Because if you look at the landlords in central London, they're all, they're all kind of, they're all, English, yeah, middle class, a bit older, and, 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 and they don't really look like us. Uh, so so it, it was a struggle convincing any, any landlord to take us seriously or to give us a space. They, they only give spaces to, to, to people who are opening their second or third restaurants or people who have proven themselves somewhere else. Maybe you're proving yourself in your local area and you have a restaurant there and then you want to, then they'll listen to you. So we, we had, we probably applied for about 30 spaces in that time and we didn't get any we didn't get any of them um and uh, this one was a crown estate who actually funny enough the space we're in now is the first ever space we applied for when it came up this was this was this was back in 2014 
he came up in 2014 and and jeremy learned to be through a contact and we and we were so we were so up for it then that we thought actually yeah this is perfect and we're definitely going to get this because why wouldn't we get it i mean this is but but they told us no uh we we had to present to them we had a meeting everything they said no and uh it, two years down the line the, the space was still available because nobody had taken it and everything else in the, in the development was leased because that was the smallest space in development smallest pokia space in the development and then they decided that okay actually we'll give these guys a shot i mean we, 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 we've leased everything out and this is the last one so we can use this as a wild card as, as the gamble space <laughs> so 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 for that reason they they, they 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 kindly let us in and and people ask us why we chose to be in that space it's not, we didn't choose to be in that space we, we, we that's that's all that's all we got <laughs> we couldn't have got that's we didn't really have any options so so that that's where, that's where we find ourselves and we're, we're, we're extremely grateful to them for giving us for giving us the opportunity and giving us a, uh, having some some faith in us. But we also did really need those two and a half years because if they if they given it to us in the first time we applied, we would have fallen on our faces. But we needed those two years to to work together, to work as a team, to 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 start building some kind of team, and to to really know what our product was and what we wanted to do. Uh, so I think that the time, the time between applying for the first time and the second time was was, was very was very necessary. It was necessary for us to grow. That's a really good. I love that story. That's two years of hard work before you was even able to get that space. So that's that's really exactly. sick and something that we always got to keep in mind. You know that things don't rare, very rarely happen straight away. A lot of time, it's a lot of work that goes into any kind of success. I mean, also also when we opened, it wasn't it wasn't smooth sailing as well. So. So it, it it hasn't it hasn't it, I mean we've 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 been lucky but there, there's also been a lot of work that has to be done and and we've, we've had to do a lot of grafting to get where we are. Mm, mm, for sure. When you spoke about when you first from when you first applied to when you finally got the space, so it was two years, and then you had to go through a period of learning. Otherwise, you would have you wouldn't have worked out the way you wanted it to work out. What did you what changed and what did you learn during that two years? First of all, Jeremy, Jeremy is a, is is, is a, has been a friend. We're friends since we were fifteen, and we were really good friends. Also, but then when you're friends with somebody, working with them is a total different ballgame. Um, it took it took me two years to understand how it worked, and also to 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 accept that, and to uh, because I, we were getting frustrated with each other, and uh, I, and then I, I I realized that actually my frustrations it's not it's not really anything to do with me. It's that's how he works in a certain way. And he does things in a certain way, and nothing to do with me. And if I just accept that's how it works, and then then then, then, it's, then it's fine. And it it, it, took, it took a while to, to to get to that point. Also, uh, we we also learned lessons in, in how to, in how to do things. We we didn't really know. I mean, none of us have have, have run a catering or, or or restaurant business before, and and we didn't really know what we were doing. Even when we opened, we still didn't know what we were doing. We're still it was still the blind leading the blind. Us trying to prove to our staff that we knew what we we're doing, and, <laughs> and 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 them looking at us and yeah. So so it 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 it's uh, just if you keep doing something over and over again, I guess with time, you you become better at it. Um. So so if, if we if we went in the first time, we would have had we would have definitely had bad issues. It also taught me. We also learned lessons about how to how to run a business, how to how to do your accounts, how to. All, all, all those little things that come into running a business that people don't really think about or, or consider that are extremely important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
And did you have any financial challenges when you were starting up? Did you have to raise anything or you use savings when you were starting up? We, well, we, we, we had to, we had to, we had to beg people to part with their money. Uh, so, uh, well, to be fair, no, we're very lucky. Uh, we, we had investment from, most of our investment in restaurants from family. Um, so, so in, in, in that sense, we were lucky. But still, even if you had the funds, the landlords don't care. <laughs> they don't care if, if, you, if, you, if you have, it's, so it's really, the, the, the places, they, they advertise the rent and you don't, you, don't, you don't make an offer based on, on the rent. So you, 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 everyone's, everyone who's making an offer is paying the rent or, or, or they're probably offering more. So, so, so it's, it's, not a, it's not a case of, of trying to get the best. No, 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 no. You either pay what they're asking for or you forget about it because one, once, 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 they, once they see, like you, you have like 20 different operators applying for the same space and, and they, 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 they pick based on the concept, based on who's presenting to them, based on if they want this concept in their, in their, in their estate, if they want it in that space, what it's, what it's going to do for the space. So the, 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 having the funds is not, is, is, is not, it's not, it's not really, it's not, yeah, it's, I mean, everyone that's speaking to them should have the fund. If you don't have the funds, you're not even going to bother. So I, I think, I, I think that that was also a good lesson to learn that really it's not, it's not, you can have the finance, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's going to open the doors. The doors will still be shut uh, unless you can really prove yourself to the landlords. Yeah. Yeah. And how important has press been for Ikoi's success? And how did you go about getting that kind of press coverage? So press, press has, I mean, we had, I don't know, press has, has helped us and has probably been not so helpful at the same time. Uh, I guess when, when we opened, we, we hired a, a PR company to, to take care of, of our press because obviously we, we, we don't have any contacts in press. And, uh, and I think the way, the way we were pushed initially was to fill this space of, of, of an African restaurant in, in central London, which is, which is not really what we were at the time, but we needed, we needed something to, I guess the, the, the PR company needed something to, to use to sell us. So, so I, initially we were, we, I mean, everyone picked up on us being an African concept, which, which, well, well, it, well actually probably more specifically a, a Nigerian concept which is which is not what we were but uh, i guess it, it, it helped the press get interested because nobody else was doing that kind of food in central london uh but also it also it also caused us problems because people didn't i mean the africans were coming to restaurant and they're realizing actually this is not african food and 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 the europeans were staying away because oh they're not going to go there because it's african food and, and they don't really know what it is you know people stay away from things that they're not really sure about so they, so they look at us from a distance and they say, oh, it looks interesting. But are they going to go there to, to have dinner with their, their friends and family? Probably not. It might be something that they, they, might, be, they might try on when they're feeling crazy or wild. But we don't, what we needed is people to be coming into the door every day, you know? So, so it, 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 didn't, it didn't really help us that we were, we were pitched that way. Um, and also the press we found, they didn't really understand what we're doing either. So, so they, they kind of, they, if, if you look at our first few reviews, the, the reviews were kind, but they didn't really say much about what was going on. And I think the reviews had to be kind because they didn't know what, what was going on. Um, they, they, they came in 
and, and they'll have a bit of food, but they wouldn't ask us any questions, ask us what we're trying to do or anything. And, and so it seemed like they, they were also a bit confused as to what was going on there. And, and, and that confusion led to, didn't really help because in our first year, after our first year, we were working with the brink of closure actually, because, because nobody was coming in. I mean, we, we had the initial rush at the beginning where people rush in and they want to try something new. But from January, I mean, we opened in July, from the, from the next January, it went really quiet. And by June, we were looking to shut the doors. Uh, and because, because of, 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 of this confusing place where we were, where people didn't really know what, what the concept was. And some people thought it was African, some people knew it wasn't African. And so everyone was, you know, people, people were not, no one really embracing what we, had, what we were because they didn't really know what we were. So I think the press probably didn't help that. Although, although they exposed us to, I mean, to people, they didn't really help in bringing people in. Yeah, so, so which, because our messaging was a bit confusing, to be fair. Um, and and at, at that time, we're also trying to be everything to everyone. So when we first opened, we were doing about 100 covers a day. Uh, and people were paying, this price point was about 30, 35 pounds a head. And people were coming in, they ordered a bowl of rice between two for, I sit on table for two hours. So that's 20 pounds in two hours. And considering they were paying rent in St. James's, that doesn't really that doesn't really cut that doesn't really cut it. So so, I I think I think we, we I think further along the line we 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 decided it was actually being at the, on the brink of closure that made us decide actually this is what we're going to do and we're just going to do this and we're just going to cater to these people and and we're going to be more focused and then lo and behold it actually it actually helped and and it worked and it helped us stay open. So, in what way did you change the communication after that? When, when that June twenty eighteen point, and um, and how did you like communicate that new message out as well? Well, the thing is, we, we did we didn't actually we didn't actually use much press. We just we made a decision in house, and we were like, if, if since we're going to close, then we're going to go we're going to go out of doing what we want to do, and, and and just 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 giving our best shot because we had nothing to lose at that point. So we decided that the a la carte was going to go because it wasn't working for us. Uh, if we were going to only have 20 or 15 people come in, we, would, we want to know that they're spending a certain amount of money so that we know we can, we can, we can do some math and we can actually, we can actually calculate how much, how much we need to, to, to make to, to, stay, to stay open. And uh, so, so we, 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 did, we decided to scrap it and put in a tasting menu, which is actually what Jeremy and I were doing before we open, when we're cooking for people. So we're, we're, every time we, we do an event, we always do a tasting menu and we do a few courses and, and do it that way. And, and that's probably what we're good at. And uh, so we decided to bring that back and take away the other cards. Uh, and, and people then started to see it more as an experience because they were coming in for the tasting menu and, 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 and that's, that's all we were doing. Uh, so, and also we could probably, I mean, I think the first test, tasting menu was 60 pounds or 65 pounds. And and with that we could we could say okay even if we had twenty covers we 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 know how much we're going to make at the end of the day and and, and we and we we can do some we, we can plan based on that so I think I I, I don't and I don't remember us making any big big uh, press release about this I I think I think we just we just did it and 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 uh, people's people I think I think what saved us was word of mouth also, also with the testing menu we didn't need to have as many people coming through the door as, as we did with the other car. 
because the spend per head was now was now closer to seventy or eighty pounds rather than thirty. So so for that we probably needed less people, and I think the less people we need to fill the restaurant uh, is probably better because uh, because then then we didn't we didn't really have to to use press to get that many people through the door. That's it. That's nice. That's nice. And um, during the COVID pandemic, how did hospitality was hit very very hard? How did you and your team cope during that during that period? Well, I, I think what, what COVID was was okay for us. It wasn't actually the worst because uh, the business was already was probably was was getting quite solid before right before COVID, and we were in a, in an okay place. Uh, also, also another decision we made in June two thousand eighteen was we told our team that actually to stay open we had to be excellent in, in every way. So everything that we did had to be done super well. We had to be better than every other restaurant in, in everything. We had to try a bit harder because we just thought that's what would keep us open. And luckily for us, that, that mentality led to the first Michelin star, which came in October that same year. Um, and, and, and that changed the business um, because people were now coming in. People that, I mean, offices above us that, that Never came, came, came down. People around us. Once Michelin said it was okay, they started coming through the door. So, so, so that mission pretty much saved our business, and we're very grateful to them because uh, people needed that record. And people also stopped asking what, what, what kind of food we did. Well, once Michelin said it was okay, nobody cared about the concept anymore <laughs> because it was, it was, it had been certified by Michelin, so it was fine. So, 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 so that really helped us to, 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 to grow creatively and, and, and help the business taking us to the point where where we well, were before the pandemic. So as I said, we're in a, we were quite quite in a strong position. Luckily for us, our landlord was, was the crown, so they were also very understanding during the pandemic. Uh, for for all for the whole estate, for all, all their tenants. They they, they, they they reduced the rents and they scaled it back up uh, every quarter uh, as the pandemic was ending. So so for rents we were fine. Uh, our, the government was kind enough to, to, to pay the staff to further and uh, and uh, we also had a few a few grants from from the government so it, it was the, the worst thing about about the, the, the pandemic was not knowing how long it was going to go on for for us uh, and, and, and not knowing what was going to happen to the business uh, because uh, it, it took a while I mean the end after the first lockdown we had the second one and then so we didn't really know I mean we couldn't wait around. For, for the rest of our lives, we have to know if this is something that we're going to put to the side and, and move on, or if or if we're going to be able to reopen again. So that that was the main worry. We, apart from that, the first two three months, we I, I was pleased <laughs> because it was it meant that we I could have some time off work, and we've been working really hard, and 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 it was good to have that time to kind of to 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 to, to, to recoup and and to take care of ourselves and. And also to just to just just to think again and, and, and refresh, you know. So so to, to an extent, the pandemic wasn't wasn't the worst. I mean, the second lockdown was harder than the first, but but it wasn't the worst time for the business uh, because because of the understanding of our landlord and and, and, and the government help that, that we received. Yeah, that's great. If you could give any piece of advice, what's the one piece of advice to give to someone who's looking, to, some an entrepreneur that's either looking to get into the hospitality industry or just someone that's in general wanting to start their own business? Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not it's not meant to be easy. 
it's not it's not uh, it's not it's not meant to be comfortable either uh you will you will go through periods where you be like i can't do this or or you think it's too much or or, or you think everything is nothing is working but i think the test is is being being able to move on from that and being able to, to pick yourself up and, and and keep going because uh really nothing actually does come easy and and people think people think once they start doing something something things are, are meant to work and things are, yeah you start getting momentum but it's where you're getting the momentum something will happen and, and push you back but it's, it's just having the the courage and the strength to, to carry on and i i recommend anyone who's looking to open a business to to do so with to, to get a business partner because really on your own it, it, it's it's quite hard uh, if you have somebody else you can share the responsibility with someone you can bounce ideas off uh someone you can trust i, I think i think it, it make it makes it a lot easier as well uh, but i i think yeah the, the main piece of advice would be to, to just just to keep keep going keep going even when it, even when it, it seems impossible or it, it, it things that even the, when all the doors are shutting so just just keep going and and and, and eventually it'll, it'll pay off and uh what's next for ikoi uh well we are. I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to. I meant to say this. So, uh, well, we are moving the restaurant to a different location. Uh, that will, by the end of the year we would have moved, uh, and and uh, the location will be will be bigger than the space we have now. And I guess that will help us grow the restaurants in a different way. Um, take it to the next level. And uh, yeah, once once we settle in there, and and things are going going okay that then we can speak about doing anything else but our focus now is just on this restaurant and uh, and then just growing this more to, to, to a, bit, a, bit, a bit a bit more and, and seeing what happens after that but I, I i guess the next big thing would be the move nice nice all right perfect i'd like to move on yeah ask you a couple more reflective type questions yeah um and then we'll round up after that so first question i've got for you is what has life taught you recently I guess life, the thing is, life, life always goes, life continues, like, like, life just goes on. And, and, and no matter where you think, where you, no matter what's going on, you think uh, this is, something happens in your life that you think is the worst thing ever, or you think it's something you're never going to recover from, or something that's, that's, that's going to change your life completely. The next day, the sun is still going to rise, and, and, and life goes on. I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's also a bit sad. It's a sad thing about life. It always goes on. It doesn't it doesn't really stop or pause for for you to, to to mourn or for you to 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 reflect. It just it goes on. So you you just have to pick yourself up and carry on, or you get left behind. Mm, nice. All right. Next one. What gets you excited about life? <laughs> if you ask my friends or anyone that knows me, I don't really possess the, the emotion of anticipated excitement because I, I kind of got rid of it as a child. Um, so I, I get excited about things in the moment when they're happening. Um, I try not to get excited before, but if, if what excites me about life, I, I guess uh, people, people, people are people are, are, are and, and 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 our differences and and how we how we how we uh, we work through those and and just different cultures, different different people, and I, I, I think yeah, I think the people are the things that excites me the most about life. I think. And and I, I I would love to, to to learn to learn more and more about different cultures and different types of people and 
I, 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 I find that exciting. That's nice. That's nice. I like that the we spoke about um, trying to be more in the moment. I think because I think a lot of people when we when we live in our heads too much, it can cause all sorts of all sorts of things. You know, it can be. And I think yeah. it's best just to live in the moment. You know, um, as best as we can. So that's really good. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and everyone encourages people to plan, plan. People ask you what your next five years plan is, but can you really plan five years of your life? <laughs> I mean, now that I think the pandemic has shown us, if anything, that really you can only plan so much and you should just live day after day to an extent. I mean, not that you shouldn't, you shouldn't make any, any plans for your future, but you have to, you have to learn to, to live from one day to the other because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We, 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 there's only so much control we have. Uh, so so I, think, I, think, I think living, and also being present in the sense that not living through a phone or being, living through social media or living through pictures, but living, actually being able to connect to the people in your immediate surroundings and people around you and, and things around you as opposed to always uh, projecting something that you want the world to see, which is which is not really real. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think that's really important, especially now. Mm, definitely, that's great. That's great. If you could go back and start all over again, what would you or would you do anything differently? I don't think I would do anything differently because I think every 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 mistake or every everything that I've done is is, is part of the journey and part of the process, really. Uh, even if there, there probably have been a few mistakes, I think, I think I'll still, I'll still, I'll still want to make them because they've led me to where I am now. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I, I think I'll probably do the same thing again. And last question: What does the next chapter in your own personal story look like? I guess, I guess it's just to keep to keep growing in in in, in, in every way I can uh, to keep grow the business and hopefully hopefully in a few years time do something else um whether it, it will be around the koi or, or a, a, a different concept entirely uh that we'll, we'll see but um i guess now i i think for the last five years we've been we've been working hard and, and trying to to grow grow the business and, and really doing the grafting but i think the next chapter will be actually to to to, to do something with that so, so to to probably make make something out of all, all the hard work that, that that we've put into it so far. That's that. I'm I'm all done. Thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed speaking with you about Equay. Really got some yeah got some really good insights, especially the fact we're talking about the work that goes into it behind the scenes. I think oftentimes we can forget about that and just see the Instagram and think yes, but you're grinding for a few years before that hard work before we wrap up have you got anything you want to say in closing and also if people want to keep up to date with uh, yourself with Okoye where can they where should they be looking and uh, Instagram probably uh, Okoye underscore London uh, is, a, is a handle I guess, I guess that's probably the most updated updated uh, social channel that we have um, yeah as, if there's one thing I would say it would be just uh, I think the one thing that life doesn't cheat is hard work. Um, yeah, no matter no matter no matter what it is, hard work is always rewarded at the end. So it's something that if, if you put in the time, there there will be a reward at some point. Well, thank you so much once again for coming to the podcast. Very much enjoyed our discussion today, and that's that. So this is one thousand voices. That was Ire of Ikui, and for now, people, we're out.
Okay, that's voice number 29 done and dusted. Thank you for tuning in and we really do hope that you've enjoyed this interview today. As always, it's great to... As always, it's great to hear back from the community, so please do leave us a comment or a review on your preferred platform, some feedback on what you thought about this episode and what you think about the 1000 Voices concept in general. As always, our next episode will be dropping next week, Tuesday, on all major podcasting platforms, so please do follow us on our social media pages at 1000 Voices UK on all major platforms to keep up to date with that before it drops. And that's that for now, people. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, this is 1000 Voices and we're out.